What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Dual Sense Podcast. This is episode 10. My name is Jason, one of your co hosts. Some people say I'm the Matthew McConaughey of video game podcasts. Nobody says that. I'm joined, as always, by Travis, who some say is the Leo DiCaprio <laughs> of video game podcasts. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> Travis, how's it going? Uh, I'm still recovering from the odyssey. We just had to get this damn thing started. Jesus, man. It's It was a poltergeist it for was. a second. It was my favorite part was how you just appeared in the lobby out of out of nowhere. You appeared in the lobby before I did for <laughs> for the episode which I had yet to create. Which so, you then made. Yeah, none of it makes sense. Like I said, it's it's a poltergeist or you know, we do live in a uh in the deep state. It probably our FBI guys <laughs> Yeah. Our FBI guys just hooked us up there. Hopefully um Snowden listens to this podcast and can tell us what happened. <laughs> Well, Travis, for the uninitiated or the noobs out there, this is a weekly PlayStation podcast where you and I discuss all of the week's news, rumors, upcoming game releases, and usually a little bit more. We post every Sunday on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and several more. We are also on the YouTube those posts on YouTube the same time every Sunday that the podcast does. And if you guys want to engage with us, you can do that on Twitter at the DualSense Pod. And we're also on Good Pods and Podchaser now, which I'm told Travis are the IMDBs of podcasts, if you can believe that. That sounds cool. Who knew? If you guys like the show, be sure to subscribe, review us. Even if it's harsh, we'll take it in stride. And share us with a friend. And Travis, without further ado, why don't you tell us what you've been playing this past week? You know, I managed to do uh, zero races on F1 this week. And I pulled a... Something that I give you a hard time for is how long it takes you to kind of, you know, outfit your kit when we're playing the division or some other co-op. <laughs> and that's uh-huh. basically what I did on F1. I literally, the only thing I did was work on my car design, my livery, uh, change my outfit, the way my suit looked, change my colors and my logo. I keep changing my racing team name and I'm, I'm refusing to race until I get it right. I unlock some new gloves. So I put those on, change the colors. I've done nothing productive except accessorize, which is not what the game is for. What is your team name right now? Right now it's Superbird Racing, which I named after the, um, sandwich at Denny's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I named after the famous Dodges from the uh, mid seventies that NASCAR ran, you know, the big wings on the back. Yeah, that's cool. The ones that Richard Petty made kind of famous there at at Daytona, but I don't really like that. I think it's kind of weird. I don't know why I went with that in the first place, but I've, I've went through about 20 different names in my head and I can't, um, I can't figure one out. I'm stuck on, I thought about doing a flame racing, but then I thought maybe that's, you know, you don't want to be on fire. Hmm. So I have no idea. I'll come up with something eventually, but it's like when I, we would play NCAA football, like I almost never wanted to play games until I got the roster right. Right. And that's where I feel like I am with this. So yeah, like you would simulate a season so you could recruit some guys to get the team the way you wanted. And then yeah. you're like, all right, now I'll play some games. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I mean, I know I'm not going to be great at it anyway, so I might as well look cool. Right. Yeah. What else have you been playing? Anything? What did we do last night? We played a little COD last night. We did the um, the shipment gun game, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, insane. 
And but the best part was I hadn't played in like three or four days, and then we jumped straight into the gun game on shipment. <laughs> it was the first thing we played. Way too much. Way too much at once. I mean, there's there was RPGs going off. There's all kinds of guns. I couldn't figure out where I was. <laughs> I spawned and ran the wrong way one time on shipment, which is the smallest map in the world. How did I pull that off? Uh, mm. But but by the end of it, we were kicking ass on some um, on some duels there. So on mm-hmm. some, the other gunfight. Gun gunfight. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a blast. Um, of course, play a little Fall Guys. Play with my wife. Um, she actually asks me to come play with her. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I got the hot dog suit, and I'm starting to buy into the theory that it makes you top heavy. I felt like I was falling mm-hmm. over a lot on Seesaw, but I did learn on Seesaw, instead of jumping, if you hit square and dive, you are much more likely to stay on the Seesaw. You have more surface area, more grip, so it seems like at least the last few times I've played it, when I press square and dive, it helps, so try it out let me know what you think. So you're saying instead of jumping from platform to platform, literally just hit square to dive off of one onto the other. Yeah, if it's any sort of angle that's over 30 degrees, I'll just dive. Anything over that, if if I jump, I'll always slide off the bottom or I'll land on somebody. Uh, when I've been diving, even if I land on somebody, I just knock them out of the way. <laughs> and then I'll just land and get up. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that's I might have to try that. And then the, um, the other thing... I've been playing, and I think we both have to eat a little crow on this. Is the Avengers beta? Mm, tell me about it. More fun than I expected. I thought it was going to be almost Lego-y, like a Lego Star Wars or something. Something I wouldn't enjoy. Not that the Lego games are bad. I've played a few of them. They're not bad, but it's just not what I want to play. And it's right. I have enjoyed the fighting mechanics. It's um. I, I kind of I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost a little um, got a little Batman in it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I've I've enjoyed all the characters except for Iron Man, and it's because he flies. Hmm. And I, you know, this if you give me something <laughs> on a game where I have to fly or be underwater, either one of those things, I can't, I suck at it. So if you give me a flying character to play with, I'm just as bad with an airplane as I am the flying character. So. Uh, can't handle him. Um, the Black Widow's okay, but not my favorite. I just I want to smash things with the Hulk. I want to <laughs> smash things with Thor, and I want to smash people with Captain America. That's what I'm good at. Yeah, Hulk. So Hulk dicks. Hulk <laughs> absolutely dicks. It's outrageous. <laughs> and actually, uh, Ms. Marvel does too. Oh yeah, forgot. She she's ridiculous too. She slaps as John says. Yes, she slaps hard. She she might be my favorite. Her and the Hulk are my favorite. Um, I told you. I went into like I guess my um my superpower of the superhero and I kicked mm. a guy off of, off of a level and it was amazing. Yes. So I I'm with you. I'm we're gonna have to to eat some crow like you said on this because we talked we talked a mild amount of shit about it here on the podcast. We talked about how we weren't really interested in it and it didn't look good and yada 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 right. and then so but. The beta was open on PlayStation 4, so we downloaded it by default because we do have a PlayStation podcast, so we thought we'd try it out. I can tell you that when I played it for the first time, John and I basically started it up simultaneously. And, well, first off, it makes you sign up for a Square Enix account and all (laughs) this, and it takes like 10 minutes because the servers are slow, and then you have to like check your email and confirm and and verify the email and then log back in and all all this bullcrap. So when we were just talking, still talking shit 
up to that point about how making us, you know, create an email account for a game we're going to play for 10 minutes and, you know, <laughs> ha 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 and all this Naturally. stuff. So then we get into the game, John and I are, are playing for like 10 or 15 minutes and we're both kind of like, dude, this is kind of, this is kind of dope. <laughs> and, uh, you know, especially the first part of the beta where it's kind of like the story scripted, like, you know, on rails or whatever, yeah. where you're playing with all of the different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but even after the fact, we were, when we were playing it, we were just kind of like, man, this is really cool. Like, I don't know. It's like you said, it's got a little bit of that Arkham, Batman Arkham combat, and it's a pretty game. It's not like the best looking game I've ever seen, but it's a really pretty game. Right, yeah. You can tell that it's going to look really good on the next-gen consoles. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm like, you. Yeah, I just like the combat, the way it feels, and you're just kind of like destro- destroying guys, and you have all the powers and stuff, right. and then the fact that you can co-op it with your friends is cool, so. Well, part of it is, it does have a, a button masher type feel to the combat, but the yeah. extra powers you get, there's definitely a strategy in when you deploy them, and and that's that's a, that kind of like takes it to the next level for me. If it would have just been button mash, you'd have been like, okay, but right. that, that, next, that next level of actually having to think ahead a little bit. That's part of the reason I like uh, Miss Marvel and um, the Hulk the best is um, I can plan better with their specials if that makes sense. Like with Iron Man, I was just lost. Right. I I, didn't, I don't even think I used Iron Man. Does he become like giant Iron Man uh-huh. or whatever? Is that what his is? No, no. His is the chest uh, right. beam. Yeah, yeah. And you can shoot out of that. That was pretty and stuff dope. Like that. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised you didn't like Iron Man. I actually really liked Iron Man. Even the flying part of it. The, the flying was basically just like Anthem. Right. <laughs> it literally was just like Anthem, the way it controls. Nice nice to see Anthem gave us something useful. Yeah, it was a good thing. It felt good. From the beta, well, I guess you were actually were able to play as all six characters. I think, so I think I enjoyed Captain America and Hulk the most, mm-hmm. but I actually liked all of them. Like, I'll play as any of the six whenever we, yeah. well, it, when we play together. Um, I'm cool with all of them, but I, I'm kind of leaning toward Captain America. So, just don't make me be Black Widow. Uh, I'll be fine with anything else. <laughs> you did say you don't like her because you didn't feel like she was very powerful, or you just had to shoot the pistols a lot, or whatever. So, it's not that's part of it. Is the pistols like I have enough shooter games? Like I want right. to, I, I want to do the you know I want to do hand to hand the hand to hand stuff, or use the shield or whatever. The Hulk smash is a great time. Right. Well, you're right. We were wrong on that one. I think we're both in our own ways believers in it now. And I think maybe for me personally, that might be part of the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because my expectations were low. I feel like that's always the way whenever your expectations are low for something or your, or whatever. And then it actually is good. You know, you, it, uh, it kind of wows you a little bit. So I'm excited about it. It, It's, it's gonna be fun. And then of course, there's the fact that they're going to give us, you know, Spider-Man as a free character mm-hmm. later on on PlayStation. And we can carry over our progress and it'll be nice to get the band back together. Yeah, absolutely. Something we can all play together will be cool. And like you said, there will be a free upgrade to PS5. So that'll be awesome. Um, I've also been playing Ghost of Tsushima. I actually was playing right before we started recording. I finished all of the side tales, as they call it, side quests. For everybody? For everybody, including the mythic tales, all I have left is the story. And then I'm sure there's some collectibles out there that I need to get. And there's a couple of outposts that I need to 
clear as well. So I'm close to being done with that and having the platinum. And uh, I still feel the same about that game. Also been playing Red Dead Online for daily challenges. The game is still broken in its own way, even (laughs) though they reverted back. At least it's playable, but I'm a little upset because yesterday it was a challenge to drink an antique alcohol. Right. And which is one of the collector items you can get and then you can sell the collection or whatever. So I had done that. It had been that twice in the last week. It's simple. You just go in, you drink a bottle of whatever. I've, I had multiples of all of almost all of them. So I just click on the one I had the most of and drink one. Well, I did that last night and then I realized that it said I had seven of nine antique alcohol. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. I had the whole set two seconds ago. So I go in and realize that when I, even though I clicked on the correct one, it's a glitch and it made me drink a different one that I only had one of. So now I don't have the full set of So now I don't have the full set of antique alcohol, which is infuriating because then it takes time to go back and find it and get it. So whatever. Anyway, uh, also played some call of duty with you. Like you mentioned, we mixed that in a little bit. We mixed in a little fall guys, um, which is always fun. It's just something you can turn your brain off to. So still a cool game and it's in the, in the news later as it seems like it's going to continue to be. So with that, Travis, let's get into the news. Number one, Sony released the first global PlayStation five ad this week titled play has no limits. The video is just over one minute long and focuses on the immersive features of the console and the DualSense controller. Haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, and 3D audio are all highlighted through different environments and set pieces in the mostly CGI trailer. In an interview with with USA Today, Sony Interactive Entertainment's global head of marketing, Eric Limpel, said the new ad is, quote, Trying to convey a feeling. We think people will start to get some of those feelings from seeing this, end quote. Most importantly, this new ad signals that the Sony marketing machine is preparing to shift into high gear and that perhaps more PlayStation 5 news, such as price and release date, is imminent. Travis, did you watch the trailer? What did you think about it? It reminded me of something I told you probably five or six years ago that when the PS5 came out, the controller was going to make us feel empathy. Mm. <laughs> like when we kill somebody, we'd feel sad. You did as a joke. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. The speed at which they're releasing things. Um, I feel like we're going to learn everything, not from Sony, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to learn the release date and the price from uh, some developer or target online is going to put something up. Oh, that's kind of frustrating to me. It's kind of part of the reason I want everything to come out is I want to see it the way, you know, like Sony releases this global PS5 ad and it's the way they want us to see this. And it's a way for them to introduce play as, you know, we have no limits or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That's how I want to learn everything is the way they want me to see it. But then every time I see them release something, I think we're so close to to losing that. And it's, (laughs) I'm going to find out in some really disappointing way. Right. Like you don't want to find out on Twitter because Joe blow 69, you know, (laughs) leaked it on there because he's got a dev kit or whatever. Exactly. Because he's making an indie game. It was cool though. Did you, what did you think about kind of the, I thought the 3d audio was kind of cool. So I thought that believe it or not for 
maybe one of the first times in my life that I thought a marketing person actually said something that made sense that I agreed with. <laughs> that so, wasn't a lie. Yeah. When I watched the trailer, they made the trailer in a very interesting way where like I was getting the, I, I was getting the idea of the feelings that they were trying to get across. Right. Like right. when it was very conceptual. Yeah, like when she put her hand on the ice, and then you can see, uh, see the ice start to crack or mm-hmm. whatever. Like you, could, you could get a sense, like okay, I can, I'm going to be able to fill that in the controller, and then whatever you fast forward a little bit, and then like the rocket goes shooting by her head and blows something up. You know, like mm-hmm. you could get the sense that you were going to feel that in the controller, but you were going to hear that in the audio coming, you know, from behind you all the way past you and everything. Yeah. And then obviously the bow, they showed the bow, you know, her drawing that back. We, we pretty much know you're going to feel that and the trigger and whatnot. And I thought it was cool. Like I, it was cool that it actually in a weird way did give me a sense of the feeling that they're wanting to get across with how you're going to interact with the controller and the console. So, um, it was a good little ad and it's exciting because this, even in an, I I did not put it in the notes here, but. Eric Lempel did another interview with, I think, GameIndustry.biz, and it was a more in-depth interview, and he basically said, like, look, this is the first of many things that we have to say about PlayStation 5. So this kind of is the opening of the floodgates, so to speak, and I think that we are going to know all of the information that we are longing for within the next couple of weeks is my just my gut feeling. So. I don't think it's going to be next week because they're going to do a Gamescom thing for a few days. And then I think we something might come out next week, but I don't think they're going to do like the price and release date. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to maybe wait until the week after yeah. possibly. They probably so. tease that they're going to do that in the following week. You did, a, you did a much better job of explaining what I was trying to say, which is the trailer created a feeling outside of itself. They did a really good job with mm-hmm. that. I was struggling to explain what I what I was trying to say. You did a much better job than me, but that was my point. Was I want to learn everything else about the PS5 in that way, the way that they want me to? Because it's, it's going to be so much more of an in depth experience. Sure. Yeah, I I'm excited about it. They did a good job with it. This leads into number two, Travis. Following the release of the Play Has No Limits ad. A new post on the PlayStation blog expanded upon the immersive features of the DualSense controller in particular, with several developers providing new examples of how the DualSense is incorporated in their games. Travis, I picked a few out here for us to run through of these quotes, essentially, that different developers gave about their game for the blog post, about how their games interact with the DualSense controller or vice versa. So first off here, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales creative director, Brian Horton, said, quote, For instance, as you hold down square to do a venom punch, you feel Spider-Man's bioelectricity crackle across from the left (laughs) side of the controller, culminating in the right side on impact, end quote. What do you think about that one? That that is a description that you can feel, and you can imagine how that will feel. And I'm yes. sure like an electric crackle, as he put it, will feel much different than like a rumbly impact on the other side. I think that's interesting. Mm. I, I want to know how they kind of want to take one apart and see what the mechanism looks like. Right. Because 
the more that I hear about it, it sounds like there's going to be like a ton of sensors yeah. like in the controller, like right? It's not bobs like and swirly doos. Right. Yeah. It's not like the ones we have now. Like I know you've broken them before. It's just these <laughs> uh-huh. basically, it's basically these, it's basically these things like on a pendulum and they just swing, you know, varying speeds to give you more rumble or less rumble. Right. And these little drums or whatever. So this doesn't sound anything like that. Well, this might have that in there, mm-hmm. but this sounds like there's going to be a bunch of little things in there that can give you that electricity type feeling like you're talking about. We'll find about. out when I throw one across the room in, in late December. <laughs> you better go ahead and get that second one. Uh, then next here, Travis Deathloop game director, Dinga Bacaba, hope I said that right, stated, quote, one I like is blocking the triggers when your weapon jams to give the player an immediate feedback even before the animation plays out, which prompts the player in a physical way that they have to unjam their gun, end quote. That's pretty neat. Yeah, and how many, you've heard me talk about before, I wish that they would add guns jamming to video mm-hmm. games because that's realistic. Um, and, you know, and even if like, like on Red Dead, you know, you got to keep your, your gun clean mm-hmm. to keep its condition up. Well, one of the reasons guns jam or one of the reasons a gun can jam is because you, it's dirty. So when I first heard this, my immediate reaction was awesome. We're going to have weapon jams. I've wanted that since PS1. Right. <laughs> I'm stoked. And you're going to be able to fill it. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, then I get to feel it. And like, and you can imagine it because like you're going to be like, oh, I got to hit this guy and you're going to pull the trigger and it's going to move like two millimeters of lock. <laughs> that's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> you're going to be like, you're like shit. Right. That's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> that might make you throw your controller depending on the circumstance. Yeah. And I was thinking like, they'll never do this, but this would be such a cool feature on a game like Call of Duty. Mm. And I know they'll never do it because that's what's going to happen. They're going to have these dudes play in these high dollar tournaments and his, <laughs> his sniper rifle is going to jam. And he's going to get knifed in the back and he's going to lose his mind. But those are the things that, again, as a guy who likes simulation racing games, of course I want the gun to be like a simulation. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Sony Interactive Entertainment Japan Studio creative director Gavin Moore said about Demon Souls, quote, We can also turn the simple act of pulling a lever to open a gate into a sensory experience. This is something that Rumble could never do. It could never replicate the feeling of metal striking metal or fire crackling in your hand as you conjure magic, end quote. What are your thoughts there? Well, that, that confirms the Demon Souls uh, rumors. Uh-huh. Um, and this is, a, this is something that I never considered about the DualSense controller. And we've talked about it before. What does DualSense mean or how does that apply to the games? Mm-hmm. And stuff like pulling a lever or um, striking metal or whatever, I never never considered how that would work but it's funny every time i read one of these or hear one of these quotes it's like oh that makes sense like of course of course you could feel the lever or of course you could feel the fire crack that you know when you're doing magic or you know if you're iron man shooting something out of your hand of course the controller is gonna give you a little bit of that kick like it's also obvious but stuff that i i didn't imagine yeah, it makes you like now that you hear about the application of some of this stuff, it almost makes you think like, well, of course, like you should be able to to, to fill this and do this. Like, why haven't we had this in games before? Because yeah, it's, it's like a, second nature. Yeah, it's an interactive media. Why are we just now being able to experience these sorts of things? So, yeah, it's kind of like breaking the fourth wall. And mm-hmm. yeah, one of the things that stood out to me was the fire crackling in your hand. Like, I wonder, I'm really interested most of all from his quote. Of, is that what he said about fire crackling in your hand and how that feels and how that's going to play out. And 
it's you got to assume it's going to be in in games like you mentioned uh you know marvel's avengers like iron man you'll probably feel be able to feel him like shooting you know the right. pul- the pulses out of his hands and everything like that so that's gonna be super cool you feel the different materials break under the hulk yeah can't wait one thing it made me wonder was all these all these new features are are obviously new do you think you know, maybe Demon Souls comes out and it, it would normally be like a like a six out of ten, hypothetically. Don't mm. freak out and yell at me about saying that about Demon Souls. But let's just say it gets a six it would get a six out of ten. But when you add in the three D sound and the controller moving as you do stuff, does that make the game suddenly an eight out of ten? Sure. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's the same for if sometimes if a game is ugly, but the story's really good or vice versa. Like if the story's really bad, but the gameplay is good and the graphics are really gorgeous. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It could be a literal game changer. Yeah. There you go. I like it. I'm here all day. <laughs> we also heard from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart creative director, Marcus Smith, who stated, quote, as you pull the trigger, you'll fire from one barrel and you can feel resistance around halfway down the trigger. Need a bigger blast? Pull the trigger through that resistance point and you'll fire both barrels at the same time. End quote. What about that? That sounds pretty cool. That sounds awesome. And you've you've shot a gun before, so you know how different different weapons have different um, resistance on the triggers. Mm-hmm. That this obviously could piggyback off a off a ratchet and clank. That's gonna be another awesome feature. Like when we play Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. you're going to be able to feel a light machine gun versus the pistol. It's going to completely change things or like, you know, now you can get a lightweight or heavy duty trigger on your pistols. I really hope that, yeah, I really hope these third parties, you know, adopt this stuff and kind of grab onto it. And it seems like some already have, for instance, we, right. mentioned, we mentioned Marvel's Avengers and they have come out and already said that they're going to use the dual sense features. So um, they're just one of a couple to have. So that's in death loop, uh, which is third party. Right. I'm glad that these people are so so much more creative than I am. <laughs> right. And finally, Travis, we heard from your boys, Polyphony Digital, President Kazunori Yamauchi, hope I said that right, had this to say about Gran Turismo 7. Quote, I think the most effective use of the adaptive trigger of the adaptive trigger is for representing the operation of the anti-lock brake system while braking. A typical ABS releases brake pressure intermittently while the driver applies pressure to the pedal. The adaptive trigger is suited for recreating this pedal fill, and it will allow the player to accurately feel and understand the relationship between the braking force they want and the tire's grip, end quote. So talk to me here. Kazatori. <laughs> I started to say Jim Cantori. Um Kazanori did a great job of explaining ABS there. Um, hats off to him. Uh, my reaction to that is, um, who's playing Gran Turismo on a gamepad? Mm. Uh, no no real racer is, right? Right, right guys? Right. right, you can't be out here. Get on my way. <laughs> um, no, he's right, though. Uh, th- that's something that you can feel. As part of the reason you, you have a sim rig is you feel that relationship on the brake pedal anyway with the setup. And especially if you have load cell brakes, but that's a that's another topic. But um, adding that to the gamepad should make people faster on the gamepad. And there are some very very fast people on the gamepad anyway. Um, a guy actually qualified for like the world finals on a gamepad a couple of years ago. But wow, um, 
and it makes it makes the game more accessible for somebody who maybe wants to try an online race but doesn't have a wheel. It makes it easier for them, so it makes sense. One of the one of these days, Travis, if this thing this podcast gets big enough, we're going to do a bonus episode with you, and we're going to try like hell to get Jimmy Broadbent, and you can just interview Jimmy Broadbent for an hour. And we'll do a bon- we'll do a bonus episode. So that would be amazing. If if any of you racing nerds out there want to hear that, you got to share us with one of your friends so we can get some some more subscribers here. So we can get yeah. Jimmy get Jimmy on. We'll probably have to pay him. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Number three, Travis Ghost of Sushima is getting multiplayer. What a surprise this week! What a surprise this week. Developer Sucker Punch Productions announced on Monday via the PlayStation blog that a new multiplayer mode titled Ghost of Tsushima Legends is coming to the game later this year as a free download to owners of the game on PlayStation 4. Legends is a separate experience from the story of the main game, quote, with locations and enemies inspired by Japanese folktales and mythology and an emphasis on cooperative combat and action, end quote. The new mode is designed for two to four players, allowing online play with friends or randoms through matchmaking. It will include four character classes, samurai, hunter, ronin, and assassin. Story missions that increase in challenge will be available for parties of two players, while wave-based survival missions will be available for four-player parties. A four-player raid will also be coming to the Legends mode after launch. Holy shit, Travis. (laughs) Shout out to Sucker Punch for delivering a beautiful, complete game in a pandemic and then mm. turning around a month later and telling us we're going to get multiplayer. Mm. Yeah, that was a bomb. Dr- that was a uh, I mean, a mic drop. It's a, it's a mic drop. And then <laughs> this is now basically a launch title game again. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you got to think people, if they're on the fence about this, you know, I don't want, do I want to buy a game that's only one story? It's only one, one really one playthrough with no more playability. You just added a whole multiplayer thing. They just opened the door to like hundreds of more, maybe, you know, hundreds of thousands of more gamers. You can't help but think that they're going to, while this is going to be as a download with the main game, if you own it, whatever, you can't help but think that at some point they're just going to make it a standalone download, right? right? You think so? Yeah, which, I mean, I would, even if you, even if you charge $19.99 for it, like, perfect. Like, I don't know. Based off of the game itself, twenty dollars for that is is a <laughs> that's a deal. Absolutely. So I can't I can't wait. This sounds awesome. It does. The survival missions sound awesome. The increasing yeah. challenge is like the division kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know these mythic these mythical folk tales like we're going to be fighting like these dancing dragons and these ghosts. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Yeah. Hopefully, meet you and John, and I guess Jacob has it too. He's just never played it, so hopefully, we can. That'll be another game we can play together this fall. So it'll, it sounds like it's going to be a cooperative uh, end of the year here. Number four, we've been thrown for a death loop, Travis. <laughs> That's our second dad joke of the podcast. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, podcasting world. Developer Arcane Leone announced on Tuesday that the upcoming PlayStation 5 first-person shooter has been delayed out of the holiday 2020 window and into quarter two 2021. The release from the studio read, quote, The health and safety of everyone at Arcane Leone remains our top priority. As we've adjusted to work from home, we found that delivering this new and exciting experience at the polish and quality level that defines both an Arcane game 
and a true next gen experience is taking longer than normal. End quote. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it reads like, you know, it's a it's a health pandemic issue that's delaying this, not a, mm-hmm. a quality of play or, you know, they had a bunch of people under investigation like Ubisoft. So mm-hmm. I guess it's okay because we're probably going to have a lot to play anyway around the holiday window. Yeah. And who knows what we'll have by quarter two and if it even lands there. But it might be a good thing they got pushed back in a sense. I mean, like we've talked about before, launch window games always sell well. Um, but there's always a lull after that after that window, so it might actually be a good thing for for Arcane. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Not excited. I'm thankful for it in a way because there's going to be too much to play. Yeah, you know, Cyberpunk first of all, uh, NBA, Call of Duty, Spider Man, uh, Hitman in January, so on and so forth. And I think this game, even if it was very good, has a chance that it might get buried. And I think right. like you're, I think like you were saying, like it coming out in quarter two would is probably going to be beneficial for it. They can take some more time. They can work on it, iron out the kinks, whatever. And then they can probably release, you know, sometime in April, May, June, that's not going to be as busy. Typically, uh, there probably will be a, a game or two that will be big, but there's be not, different. but it's not going to be. Call of Duty and Cyberpunk and NBA. I mean, those <laughs> yeah. are th- those three games alone right there. And Spider Man, those, those four top, games. That's top five of the whole year. Yeah, exactly. Those four games are going to be in the top five the whole for a year. So I get it. It's it's. I think it's going to be smart in the end. So and we'll see how it uh, how it turns out. But I think it's going to be fine. Number five, the Demon Souls remake may be coming sooner than we think. Website Gematsu reported that Demon's Souls was rated in Korea on August 13th, which typically means that a game's release is relatively imminent. Gematsu also noted that the only other PlayStation 5 game that has been rated in Korea at this point is Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is due out at launch of the PlayStation 5. Elsewhere, PlayStation Universe also reported that industry insider Imran Khan, in response to a question regarding Demon Souls on Twitter stated, quote, as far as I know, they had always been targeting launch slash launch window, end quote. What do you think about this? Think if there's where there's smoke, there's some fire? It's hard to bet against Korea and the game rating. Why, why does Korea always have the game rating? Dude, the Korean games rating board or whatever the hell it is, they are all, they are for ever leaking games what is that about are they leaking them on purpose just to make themselves famous like is there another board in like canada that has it but they're like tight-lipped i don't know i really don't it's i'm gonna have to look into it more because this happens a lot with them it's just strange Mm -hmm. i think that uh it's going to be a launch game or if it's not a launch game like november i think it's going to be a very soon launch window it'll be right there yeah, like December, January, maybe February at the latest. But usually when a game gets rated, I mean, that means you're months away. So Yeah, you're getting close to gold. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is uh, tipping Sony's hand a little bit. And this kind of goes back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier about you don't want, you want to hear what Sony has to say and what they want to tell us about the PlayStation 5 and the launch games and whatever. So right. Here we go. This is yeah. the first. This is the first little <laughs> nugget that's been leaked out. Basically, that they're going to have to. You can pretty much take this to the bank that this is going to be a launch game. I mean, this doesn't just happen, you know. So, mm-hmm. 
this is all the more reason for them to hurry up and get this show on the road. It's like the opposite of what you want from the government. Like you don't want just what the government wants you to know. You want, right. <laughs> you want you want leaks. You want Edward Snowden. Second Snowden reference of the pod. What's up? <laughs> but from like PlayStation, like you want them to be in charge of their of their brand or their product or their games. Because um, as you're about to go talk about on the next point, some mm-hmm. uneducated fool can throw stuff into the wind and it can take off. Number six, Travis, the PlayStation Five may not be struggling with 4K after all. Website PlayStation Universe reported that one of the purveyors of the recent scuttlebutt, Reset-era user and noted Resident Evil leaker Dusk Gollum, has backtracked on his comments, stating on Twitter, quote, Unfortunately, I'm not educated enough to know the specifics, end quote. When asked by a user if he could talk specifically about where or what the issues are with developers trying to achieve 4K. Furthermore, developer Team Kill Media, who is creating the upcoming PlayStation 5 first-person shooter game Quantum Error, which looks cool, yep. replied to the rumors on Twitter stating, quote, not sure where this quote comes from, but it didn't come from us. Quantum Error is currently running at 4K, 65 to 70 frames per second, unoptimized. We will be hitting our goal of 4K, 60 frames per second, end quote. What are your thoughts here? It makes me want to, like, my head is on fire, like a little angry guy from Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you talking? Like, as soon as somebody calls you out, you say, well, I'm not educated enough to know you. But when you said what you said in the first place, when he came out and said that they were having all these issues, mm-hmm. you're taking the position of somebody who's educated. So if you have inside information, then by default, that makes you seem educated so when somebody asks you for specifics to prove your point you don't have any are you you're no better than a street performer you're just yelling into the wind and and, then because you have so many followers or you're a quote-unquote a notable resident evil guy suddenly Mm. it's big news like that's a fucking joke this is 2020 in a nutshell it is 100 percent some guy tells some story, a borderline lie, and then I love that the Quantum Era developer comes out on Twitter and in reply to this Twitter thread and basically says, this isn't true. I love it. And they did it in the most diplomatic, professional way. Yes. I, would, I want to scream at the guy if I was them. Yes. And it's not, and the, look, there might be a grain of truth to this that some developers just can't figure it out fine that's cool but if you're going to put out the original tweet about it then you should at least have something to back it up or at least have something like even when sports writers say hey i heard the knicks are having all this internal struggle and somebody comes out and says okay well where's your information they say look i can't talk about it but this is what i was (laughs) told he can't even do that Mm -hmm. just say you made it up for some clout exactly this is going to happen so much more as we get close to the launch Number seven, the next generation version of PlayStation VR is confirmed to be in development, according to a job posting by Sony. Website DualShockers reported the listing is for a person in charge on the VR headset project and that it specifically mentions, quote, development of head-mounted display for next generation VR, end quote. The listing went on to say that the project team will work with, quote, heat radiation design, which is apparently somehow tied to the new headset being wireless. Hmm. What do you think about this? Wireless would be great because it looks like I'm, it looks like you're plugged into like a fucking heart machine when you play the thing. (laughs) 
Uh, heat heat uh-huh. radiation design sounds terrifying. I'm not sure I want that. <laughs> like, is my head going to melt? Like, you know, <laughs> I had to get radiation treatment when I had cancer. Now it's going to let me play PlayStation? I don't think so. If you've got brain cancer, just play the PlayStation VR too. <laughs> well, I am I am glad there's a new version. Like, yeah, what VR can be is so astronomically ahead of where it is now. Like, we're in the infant stage of VR. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what was that game that with Gerard Butler where the prisoners would play? They'd be like Call of Duty, but the guy played with them. I, th- and... I think it was literally called Gamer, but I could be uh, wrong. Oh, there you go. I imagine being able to play a game like that, not where you're control prisoner, but like where you have a room and you have like a little thing you can move around on and the headset is wireless. Like mm-hmm. eventually we get somewhere cool like that. Or if Elon Musk says this Neuralink thing, maybe that will replace all of this, but. The more, the better. Let's throw some money at it. Let's make something cool. It's inevitable that this is in de- development and that the second iteration of the headset is real. It's just a matter of time. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess that we'll hear about this next year. Like this will be the big thing yeah. next fall, like next holiday. Yeah, like next holiday that we'll hear about. So we'll see. Number eight. We may have a better idea of the PlayStation 5's release date if a Fortnite bundle release date is any indication. Of course. Webs- <laughs> right. Website PlayStation Universe reports that the Last Laugh bundle will be out on November 17th on PlayStation 4, according to the announcement from Epic Games. And it goes on to say, quote, it will also arrive in time for the release of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X next generation consoles, end quote. Sony has only previously mentioned a PlayStation 5 release date of holiday 2020, but a November release does seem very likely, as the PlayStation 4 was also released in November back in 2013. Any thoughts here? It's amazing that Mountain Dew, Doritos, and Fortnite have, have given us news in the last two weeks. Like this, this level of news. The, the three horsemen of the apocalypse, we need the fourth one. One thing that I find infuriating, I do this with a lot of things, like I feel this way about the Kennedy assassination too. There is one person in the world that I could know that would tell me the release date and the price. Somebody knows the information. Just like somebody knows exactly how and who killed Kennedy. Mm. Even if it is Oswald and it was one shooter, but that's a different story. That's a different podcast. But I find it infuriating that there is one person that knows all of this stuff and I just don't know who it is. It's like I'm so close. (laughs) <laughs> so the the rumor mill says that xbox is going to release their console on november the 6th or the first week of november right. which is going to be is typically historically or at least in, at least recent history has been on a friday mm-hmm. it seems pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that sony is going to release after xbox if that rumor is true because obviously they're not going to release the same week so with their Fortnite release date for this bundle of the 17th, that gives you two dates. It's either November the 13th or November the 20th, not to mention the 27th is Black Friday. So that's all you've got. It all might come down if 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 you want to put all of your stock on the PlayStation 5 release date into Fortnite. If you really want to tear into this, you can look at the wording of this. It says it will also arrive in time for the release of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So, I mean, if the way I read that is in time would be the 20th, the 20th. But then it goes on it right after that. It says and the Xbox Series X, right. which we think is already going to be out by that point. 
I would almost feel like the 13th makes more sense because it would give you two weeks to yeah. stock up for Black Friday. Right. I agree. I think that the week before Thanksgiving is really pushing it. So I think the 13th makes a little bit more sense now. I originally thought the 20th until I realized it's literally six days before Thanksgiving. People people aren't going to be worried about buying the PlayStation six days before Thanksgiving, like parents, namely. I mean, like they're going to be thinking about, oh, I got to get ready for Thanksgiving. And if we have Thanksgiving. True. Yeah. If we have anything to be thankful for. (laughs) God. Number nine. It appears that Marvel's Avengers is set to receive a wealth of post-launch playable characters if PC data miners are in fact true. Website VG247 reported that data miners went nuts over the weekend, locating a number of files tagged, quote, unlock playable character, end quote. VG247 wrote that, quote, big names like Black Panther, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, and Doctor Strange show up alongside more obscure characters such as Mockingbird, She-Hulk, and Kate Bishop, end quote. Of course, we do know that Spider-Man will be added as a playable character to the PlayStation versions of the game sometime in early 2021. What do you think? Do any of these characters interest you at all, or what do you think in general about the, the long list of playable characters that are coming? My brain's going in like a thousand directions. First of all, Data mining is the only thing that interests me in PC gaming. I think that would be a blast mm-hmm. just to dig through these files and find all kinds of wild stuff. Right. Point two, you can't let me be Doctor Strange. Because can you imagine me just bending time for no reason while you're trying? <laughs> right. Like, why are we going back over time? Like, I don't know. I just decided <laughs> we're going back. And I don't know. I haven't heard of any of these three on the end. I know what a She-Hulk is. That makes sense. I have no idea what Kate Bishop is. I guess she does like the weather for like some news outlet in Chicago. <laughs> and then I'm not sure what Mockingbird is. I guess what Harper Lee comes in and then like Gregory Peck walks out. I don't fucking know what that is. Yeah, we're guys, we're not the biggest of Marvel aficionados here. So yeah. we do we do admire it from afar and the game is cool, but we're, we're not the nerds yeah. in this. We're, this is out of our realm Listen, of expertise. I have a Marvel book with a bunch of illustrations in it because I like the artwork of comic books and I've, I've read through the whole thing. I don't know what a mockingbird and Kate Bishop is. And by the way, there's like, from my understanding, there's like a million characters they could pick from. Yeah. So like there's a ton. I mean, was mockingbird in like three, three magazines and I haven't read those by the way, if you want to hit me with every reference of mockingbird, just feel free to leave a comment. Number 10. There has been a sudden shakeup at developer Hardsuit Labs, the studio behind Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. Website Rock Paper Shotgun reported that publisher Paradox Interactive relieved creative director Kai Clooney and narrative lead Brian Mitsoda of their respective duties. A statement from Paradox Interactive stated that Mitsoda and Clooney are, quote, no longer part of the team at Hardsuit Labs and was a, quote, joint decision made by the leadership of Hardsuit Labs and Paradox Interactive, end quote. However, Mitsoda, in his own statement, said that he was shocked by the firing. News of the two firings comes on the heels of the recent announcement that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 was delayed until 2021. What do you make of this? Rock, paper, shotgun kills me. Other than just the name. (laughs) It's a great name. So I like the idea that they announced, they come out, hard suit comes out and they say hey we're delaying this till 2021 and nobody tells brian or kai kai i don't know Kalil, I lost whatever 
And nobody tells them, they're like, why the hell is this thing delayed? And then it's delayed because they fired them. <laughs> they, they didn't know what was going on. My initial thought is they must have been doing some sort of inappropriate relationship together, but that's because Ubisoft has scarred me. Right. By the way, we're a podcast. That's speculation. I have no idea if that's true. Don't sue me. We're a podcast. We <laughs> speculate. That's what every podcast does. <laughs> Who knows, man? It seems like it's hard to say if the delay was the cause of the firings or the firings were the cause of the delay. It's such a weird timing. Yeah, it's hard to say. So we'll just have to wait and see, but that is uh, some pretty big upheaval because that's the creative director and the narrative lead. So those are two big losses here in the final stretch of development. That doesn't look good for the game. Number 11, the rumor of a new Prince of Persia game has come back to life yet again as website Gamatsu reported that Guatemalan retailer Max has listed a game titled Prince of Persia remake for both PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch with a November release window. Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier essentially confirmed the veracity of this leak as well, saying on Twitter, quote, video game retailers sure love leaking Ubisoft surprise announcements, end quote. <laughs> what do you think about this one? Do they leak all of their issues, their human <laughs> human resources issues also? <laughs> Is Prince of Persia a Marvel character? <laughs> <laughs> you would think at this point. I mean, look, again, we got stuff leaking ahead of time that we probably shouldn't know about. A Guatemalan retailer, what a weird... All of this is strange to me. This whole point is weird to me. You got a weird retailer. You got a guy taking shots across the bow about video game retailers. Like, there's just a lot <laughs> there's just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It's, this is, I got to say, this is the first time that I've ever heard of a Guatemalan retailer leaking a game. And it literally is almost always Ubisoft. Ubisoft right. Everything everything Ubisoft does gets leaked. Everything. And of course, it's the retailer's fault. It's not Ubisoft's fault. Like, how did they right. get in the info then? Right. I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was leaked. Assassin's Creed before yeah. that was leaked. Far Cry 6 recently was leaked. Everything. Just take your pick. Guatemala, Guatemala isn't known for video game leaks. They're known for other stuff. So that's also weird. Right. Number 12. Chinese game developer Game Science made waves across the gaming world this week when they revealed their action RPG, Black Myth Wukong. On Thursday, Game Science unveiled a 13-minute gameplay demo of the project, which took the internet by storm, garnering 10 million views on Chinese video site Billy Billy and becoming the number one news story of... <laughs> oh, man. I almost held it together. I'm sorry. Oh, me too. Why'd you have to do that? Ooh, okay, we're back. And becoming the number one news story of the day on the world's largest gaming website, IGN. In a later social media post translated by a Reset Era user and reported by IGN, Game Science founder Feng Ji said the studio released the video to help attract more employees to the project. And he also asked fans to, quote, forget the footage as it doesn't represent their best work, end quote. In their reveal, the developer did state that Black Myth Wukong would be coming to mainstream consoles when it is ready. Travis, did you look up this video at all? Oh, yeah. And when I first saw the video, I thought um, <laughs> my initial reaction was, why haven't I seen this before? And then I realized what it was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It seems like it's so it was so developed, even though he says it doesn't represent their best work, which is a right. total Japan, uh, Japanese, sorry. It's a total Chinese quote. Like I feel like every Chinese company will tell you that this isn't my best work, but check out this perfect sword. <laughs> right. 
it was it, the they seemed like they were so far into this gameplay. It was weird that I'd I never know. heard of it. Yeah, they nobody had really. This is, I mean, they literally just were like, "Hey, check our check out our check out our game." Like, here's 13 minutes of gameplay, and everybody just like had their face melted, basically. So it's not Ubisoft, so that's why nobody knew about it. <laughs> right, it didn't get leaked by a Guatemalan retailer. You're right, but it's it looked cool, like the big staff the guy had, and I think it was yeah. the beginning of the video, wasn't it? Yeah, and just the fighting, the combat looked really cool, and it like I don't know, man, it it was it's awesome. Let's go, let's put this on the list. I'm ready. It looked to me like a mix of like Dark Souls, God of War, the new God of War, and Dynasty Warriors. Right, fair enough. Yeah, it looked it looked cool. I'm gonna keep my eye on that. They. <laughs> they claim that they're, you know, deep into development on it, so we'll just have to keep our eye out for it. And they got um one of the guys from Dynasty Warriors to start game science. Yes, they sure did. Man, that got me good. <laughs> <laughs> Number thirteen, Travis. We also have several news nuggets here that we need to uh, to get through. As always, we don't have to comment on all of them, but we may jump in here on a few. The first nugget here. Fall Guys has amassed nearly 16 million players on PlayStation 4, according to website GameStat. Their trophy data shows that 15.4 million players have earned at least one trophy in the game. Also, developer Mediatonic will unveil Fall Guys Season 2 on August the 27th. What do you think Season 2 involves? Like, is it new boards? Is it new? Well, obviously, there'll be different skins. I'm sure we'll Mm -hmm. get like a Seasonal 1 specialty pass, but, or skin, but Mm -hmm. have they made any hints? Uh, not that I've seen, but I think that everything is on the table. I would su- I would say probably a new game at least, and obviously a new season full of cosmetic stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad that they've tweaked the um, the last week where you can't play two team games in a row. Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Travis, after days of teasers and code breaking, it has finally been officially announced that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will be revealed on August 26th inside Call of Duty Warzone. And I relegated this to a nugget because I didn't want to put it in the main news because I'm tired of hearing about it and they've taken too long to reveal this game. Also, website Eurogamer reported that a deleted Amazon UK listing revealed that a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit remastered may be on the way and could release on November 13th. Push Square reported that rock band Linkin Park received a DLC song pack for Beat Saber on PlayStation VR. Rest in peace, Chester. Developer IO Interactive announced that Hitman 2's multiplayer Ghost Mode will be shutting down on August 31st and that the upcoming upcoming Hitman 3 will not include the mode. You know, I'm a little surprised and disappointed that the ghost mode didn't play out the way I'd hoped it would. Yeah, it sounds like it didn't go that way for anybody because they're yeah. ditching it. It sounded so cool when we first heard about it, and like it was going to add this whole layer of depth and, and challenge to the game, because it, obviously it's challenging in and of itself, but when you can play kind of against a different set of rules that your friend could do something weird and you got to kind of match it. It just, it seemed like such a cool idea. It's just weird that it didn't work. Also, Travis website, dual shockers reported that JRPG tells of a rise has been rated in Australia and Brazil, hinting at a possible early 2021 release after it was delayed out of 2020 developer crows, crows, crows. Announced you, uh, that you counting crows there. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Dad joke three. <laughs> Developer Crows 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 announced that the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Development Update, Jesus, what has is been that? Del- 
I don't know, has been delayed for consoles to 2021. Gamatsu reported that publisher Jagex has signed a deal with developer Flying Wild Hog, who are the creators of Shadow Warrior, to create and launch a new living sci-fi multiplayer action RPG in 2021. Gamatsu also reported that side-scrolling action platformer Fallen Knight will come to PlayStation 4 in quarter 1, 2021. That 3D adventure puzzle platformer Onorike will un- will release on PlayStation 4 in quarter 1, 2021. That D- that a DC supervillains themed bundle Fortnite the Last Laugh bundle will release on November 17th for PlayStation 4 and PS5. When I read the last left bundle, I thought we had reached the end of Fortnite, and I was disappointed to learn it's just a DC supervillain pack. <laughs> right? It's really not the last laugh. Gamatsu also reported that 2.5D Puzzler Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story, will launch on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita this fall. That Untitled Goose Game will receive a two-player local co-op update on September 23rd. That Dungeon Crawler Going Under will release on PlayStation 4 on September 24th. That action-adventure game Torchlight 3 will release on PlayStation 4 this fall. That 90s internet simulator Hypnospace Outlaw will will launch on PlayStation 4 on August 27th. That co-op railroad building game Unrailed will launch on PlayStation 4 on September 23rd. That Commandos 2 and Praetorians HD remasters will release on PlayStation 4 on September the 18th. That first-person narrative adventure game, The Suicide of Rachel Foster, will launch on PlayStation 4 on August 26th. Jesus, guys. Do we need a suicide (laughs) simulation game? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) No shit. I'm going to try it out. This is a toaster. (laughs) This is a knife. This is a knife. (laughs) (laughs) For Rachel Foster's. (laughs) Even better. God, we killed that one. Does that count as four dad jokes? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. And finally, Travis Gematsu reported that Crisis Remastered will release on PlayStation 4 on September 18th. And that is all for the news. It's time now to get into the new game releases for this week. On PlayStation 4 this week, we're getting, or have gotten, Air Hockey, The Alto Collection, Arcade Archives Burger Time, Arcade Archives Lightning Fighters, Banner of the Maid, Big Dipper, Cave Digger, Darkestville Castle, Escape from Tethys, Even the Ocean, Fairy Tale, Fuzzball, Gleamlight, Golf, Horror Adventure, Hunt, Jigsaw Abundance, Cyberpunk Bundle, Kawaii Deathu Desu, no idea, Manifold Garden, Metamorphosis. I can't remember what Manifold Garden is, but I remember thinking it looked cool. It's apparently on another platform, but I saw some some chatter on social media about this. Apparently, it's a very good game. And then, you know, Metamorphoses is basically like that Kafka book where you're a bug and you kind of <laughs> learn your new, you learn your new, I'm serious, and you learn your new, like you're like, oh, I'm in the world with my new traits or whatever. No way. Yeah. We're also getting Mortal Shell, New Super Lucky's Tell, Norman's Great Illusion of Tanks and Demons 3, The Office Quest. Pathfinder Kingmaker, Peaky Blinders Mastermind, PGA Tour 2K21, Port Royale 4 in Europe only, Prehistoric Dude in Europe only, Rusty Gun, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, Spiritfarer, which looks awesome, 
sword art or sword art online allocation like horse how many freaking times are we gonna read this shit a lot of like horses <laughs> being allocized thief simulator <laughs> and thief simulator is the game i'm excited about is it really Yes. Have you read anything about it or looked I know, into it a lot? I, I know zero about this. Okay, it's literally a thief simulation. Like you're in a, it's an open world sandbox, right? Mm. And you can lock pick into houses. They have these um things you can cut open window like a perfect circle in the window and crawl in. You can go in through vents. Um, you could like take guitars, TVs. You could take <laughs> them to the uh, pawn shop to get money. You can steal cars. No way. And drive the cars and then crash the cars. It's it reminds me of um of Heist. Uh-huh. You know how the game kind of looked and felt and like you you could see your hands when you moved around and stuff? Yeah. It's like that. Like the view one of the views you could use was like a like a first person view and you're like rifling through all the stuff you can steal. It's one of those games that like it probably won't do very well, and I'm not sure why you want a thief simulator <laughs> if you're like <laughs> I don't really know. You got to practice before you go thiever, thieving. Yeah, and like the cops can chase you and shoot at you and stuff. It's pretty wild, but I might have to look this up. Yeah, it looks fascinating. Like it's a game. I'm not. I wouldn't pay twenty dollars for it, but I would consider ten nine ninety nine. Like it might be worth just goofing off on for a little bit. That's awesome. I might have to look this up. We're also getting through the darkest of times. Train Sim World Two. Tidvogvir Nyman, which I read last week. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. That guy plays for Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> he does. We also received UFC 4, Zero Strain, Zombie Driver, Immortal Edition, and we also have a PlayStation Vita game this week, Kawaii Deathu Desu. And that is all for the new game releases this week. Travis, let's move on to our final segment here. For our blast from the past this week, you and I decided on discussing another beloved favorite of ours and a beloved favorite in general, I think, SOCOM on the PlayStation 2. The yes, original sir. SOCOM on the PlayStation SOCOM 2. SOCOM 1. <laughs> Correct. SOCOM 2, Travis, was the first game that I played online multiplayer right. for. Right, yeah. I do remember that was the PS2. It was. Do we have to have the adapter for that back then? Yes. Uh, I read to, I I did. I had to have the network adapter for it. I read today that the OG PS2s you had to have the network adapter. Right. The slim PS2s apparently had a network. Or, oh, uh, you go straight LAN cable. Yeah, you could go That's LAN right. cable. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, this was also the first game that I utilized a headset for. Oh yeah. Both for communicating online, but also. Because in the single player, you could give your teammates, your AI teammates, voice commands right. for them to follow. That's so cool. I wish we, that, that, God, they should still use that more. I know. There's only two games that I ever remember playing that used it. One was SOCOM, and the other was Tom Clancy's End War, which was a, really? which was, which was a real time strategy game. Oh, that makes sense. SOCOM, was it was an awesome use of that mechanic like still to this day it pro i mean maybe not i don't know it's hard to say that for sure but i bet it doesn't hold up too bad like if you went back and played it now yeah the only game i can use a mechanic like that on is the new f1 game you can talk to your um to your crew chief while you're driving you can get race updates you can change your tire strategy you know you can Mm -hmm. tell them like um add more wing or you know soft tires pit now that kind of thing and interesting that, that is awesome 
That's part it of the is. reason I crashed a hundred times is I kept talking to the guy. I was like, this is cool. You know? <laughs> did Did you ever play SOCOM online? Did you have, did you, I guess you own this game. Did you play it online or did you just play the single player? No, I played both. I remember, I remember it took a while to connect up and I remember, yeah. I, I remember playing online and feeling like I was one of the four people in the world doing that. Like it, it was like you were in the future. Yes. Yes, it it felt. That's a great point. I'm so glad it's. I remember having a similar feeling. Like when I played online, I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm playing with I'm playing uh, with other real people. I'm yeah. playing a game online with yeah, other real like, people. Where like the hell are they? Yeah, they're talking to me right now. Like, where are they? Yeah, where are they in the I world? I can't see them, but I can hear them. It was like, it was magic. It was legitimately magic. And it was a fun game, especially even on even online and. um I'd never finished a single player, I don't think. No, I never player did. missions. So but see back then though, I would do stuff like and we did this before too. Like if I had a mission that I was well, one, if it was hard and I finally beat it, I would just play it until I got so good at it that I could crush the computer. Right. Or if I liked a level, I would just play it over and over and over again. Yeah. So you did not play a single player with the headset at all? That you I don't remember, remember doing that. Hmm. So I remember getting a headset just so I could do that with this game because it was on the box, I think, at the time. Right. And so I got a headset. I got like the truck driver headset, you know, basically. <laughs> with one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the one ear. And it was really, I mean, I remember it being pretty intuitive. It would be like, you know, Alpha Team, Go To. Yeah, that's right, because you had two teams. You had Alpha and Bravo. Yeah, it'd be like Alpha Team, Go To, Rally Point, Zulu. And they'd take off running. <laughs> like, it was awesome. And then it would just have these drop-down menus as you were doing it so you oh, could yeah. see what you were saying. It was, was dope, so cool. man. You know it what's crazy dope. is that it was probably partially developed to recruit people to join, like, the Navy. <laughs> right. And then just, like, assholes like us were like, cool game, man. What else you got? <laughs> like, not even interested. Didn't take anything from it. <laughs> Alpha, Zulu, Tango, Foxtrot. <laughs> my, one of my biggest highlight memories of playing that game, I don't know if you'll remember this, we were at the house watching the cats play the cards and it was halftime and we mm-hmm. didn't want to watch the halftime show i can't remember what it was somebody we didn't like maybe so we played socom at halftime i don't remember this and we come back to the game and we'd miss we were like by the time we got back to the cats game we they were like at the first tv time out like we had missed four or five minutes of gameplay because we were in the <laughs> middle of a mission and god forbid we didn't finish the mission Oh hell yeah! We weren't gonna leave pincushion behind. I just <laughs> all I remember is we were on a boat and I'm like the game's on. I'm like no, we got to finish this. <laughs> so Travis, let me read a little bit about SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs from the wiki here for the folks at home. SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs is a tactical shooter video game developed by Zipper Interactive, the now defunct Zipper Interactive, and published by Sony Computer Entertainment exclusively for PlayStation Two. It's one of the earliest titles for PlayStation 2's online service in North America. In addition to the 12 offline single-player missions, SOCOM also featured online play via the internet. SOCOM uses a USB headset for its speech recognition commands offline and allows voice chat with teammates when playing online. This was the first game for the PlayStation 2 to use the headset. As of November 6, 2003, the game had sold 2 million copies worldwide. Jeez. Amazingly, the online servers for this game, along with other PlayStation 2 and PlayStation Portable SOCOM titles, were shut down on August 31st, 2012. No shit. Not until 2012. 10 years? Yeah. They kept the servers up for those. I wish I had known that. (laughs) 
Uh, the gameplay here, I'll read a little bit about it. I'm not going to get into the story just because it's kind of a lot. And so I'll, I'll share a little bit here about the gameplay. We've, we've talked about some of it. The player leads a four-man team, three AI-controlled teammates of the United States Navy SEALs through 12 missions in four regions, Alaska, Thailand, Congo, and Turkmenistan, in the then-future of 2006 and 2007. In the single-player missions, commands can be spoken in using the included USB headset or via an on-screen menu if the optional SOCOM headset was not purchased. Right. Typical missions consist of killing terrorists, yeah, rescuing, <laughs> rescuing hostages, retrieving intelligence, or destroying terrorist bases. The player character's code name is Kahuna. Remember that fondly. While the NPC teammates' code names are Boomer, Spectre, and Jester. <laughs> Boomer and wouldn't be a good fighter today. He would no. just bitch and moan about like how his gun jammed or whatever. <laughs> The, the team is divided into two subgroups, Alpha and Bravo, like you mentioned. The Alpha group consists of the player and Boomer, the able element, while the remaining two make up Bravo. Commands can be issued to both individuals and a whole group, for example. It is possible to ask Team Bravo to remain stationary while the player is scouting the area with Boomer. However, <laughs> the player cannot venture alone through a map. With Kahuna, When Kahuna is too far away from Boomer, he will automatically resume following the player. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. It took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. Briefings and intel, such as maps and photos, are given prior to each mission, which I remember mm -hmm. and which was awesome. Yeah, and you could like build your kit out, I think. Is that that game? <clears throat> yeah, and you could pick your insertion point, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. That, things like that. It was cool. That was kind of ahead of its time before Rainbow Six started doing that shit. Mm -hmm. Rainbow Six copied a lot from SOCOM. Yeah, that's no a, doubt. That's a different podcast. A couple more things here. Before each mission, the player may choose new equipment for himself and his teammates. Usually this consists of a primary and a secondary weapon, along with two pieces of equipment like extra ammunition, explosives, and so on. However, on some missions, it is required that a team member carries a particular piece of equipment, such as C4 for destroying walls or vehicles. Characters are very vulnerable to enemy fire and may die after just a couple of shots. Right, yes. Mm -hmm. Depending <laughs> on where that. one yeah, depending on where one is hit and what weapon is used, it is required that at least one teammate survives along with the player. If not, the mission fails. At the end of each mission, the player is given a rating based on stealth, accuracy, and teamwork. <laughs> these ra these ratings are alphabetical with A being the highest grade. Mm -hmm. Once the game is completed for the first time, the player unlocks a higher difficulty and can try to complete the game again and again with a progressively higher difficulty. In the online play category here, just one, one uh, paragraph here about the online play. Online players choose one of two sides, SILs or terrorists. Maps consist of three types, suppression, which is team death, extraction, where you rescue hostages, and demolition, where you capture a satchel and destroy the opposite team's base. SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs and SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs Confrontation and SOCOM 4 U.S. Navy SEALs for the PlayStation 3 are the only games in the series that do not support LAN play. In addition to the specific game type, any of the three game modes may be won by eliminating all members of the opposing team. The online features of the game, however, are no longer accessible, as we just mentioned. So, Travis, that's SOCOM in a nutshell. What are the two teams you said you could be online? Uh, Sills or terrorists? Uh, I'm only here in one team, baby. <laughs> That's right, America. Our V8 motors. So, Travis, that's all for our blast from the past. SOCOM, a beloved game of ours, and one of uh, maybe one of the most fondly remembered games from the PS2 era. 
Next up, we did get a comment here, Travis, from a YouTube watcher. I wanted to say YouTube listener, but I guess he is a listener, but he is also watching. So from episode nine, we had a commenter named Arsenic Steel Zero Zero, who took a little issue with our comments about third-party publishers to this point have mostly supported the free upgrade from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 with a few notable exceptions like 2K with NBA and now Remedy Entertainment and 505 Games with Control. So Arsenic still had uh, this to say. He said, Microsoft says that not every third-party publisher will support smart delivery. Everyone is like, okay. When third-party publishers show how they are not supporting smart delivery, everyone turns into entitled brats. The most third-party publishers aren't doing smart delivery, actually. All you hear from now are the ones that are supporting that feature while the majority sit back and wait for the transition period to die down and or for Microsoft to tell that smart delivery doesn't matter in a year once they do have exclusive first-party games. So, Arsenic Still, we were just talking generally about the publishers and developers that we have heard about that have come out and said that they are going to support the free upgrade from PS4 to PS5, and in comparison to the ones that have that we do know about, There's many more of those as compared to the two that I just mentioned with NBA 2K and Control. So that's what we were talking about. We weren't trying to make like a broad sweeping statement, so to speak, just more specifically about the ones that have come out and made a comment. So do you have anything to add there, Travis? I'm not sure why he's talking about Microsoft. We literally say we're a PlayStation podcast. True. The only reason I care about what Microsoft does is um, two reasons. One, because I hope they're good enough to make PlayStation stay at the level mm-hmm. they're at or you know, continue climbing higher. And two, so mm-hmm. I can make fun of them. So <laughs> I don't really know what his point is. Um, if he's saying that Microsoft said these things about their parties as opposed to PlayStation, maybe he's just making a counterpoint. And that's fine. Look, I mean, it's a podcast. It's our opinion, and you don't have to agree with it. That's cool. But sure, um, if you're going to comment on our page, at least make a coherent comment that I, so I can understand what you're saying. Because... I feel like he's saying one thing and then the more I read, I kind of get lost and then I kind of come back to where I thought he was. And then I'm at the end, I'm not really sure again. Sure. Uh, cool. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, arsenic still is, uh, you know, maybe he's not, uh, English as, as his first language. So we'll give him a little bit of a benefit as the doubt there. Yeah. And he is right in, there. in a year. It's not going to matter, but yeah, you know, absolutely. If it's, if it's going to take Microsoft a year to get exclusives and they have bigger issues to worry about then you know, what can transfer and can't. Right. And as we've seen, the way that Microsoft seems to want their games to be able to play on both consoles, mm. it almost that, that makes it more difficult for these developers because the consoles are so different. Right. So absolutely. You know, look, on one hand, I understand the argument of we should have a free upgrade. And you know, that makes sense on one hand. I've already bought the game. So I feel like I should be able to upgrade to my new system for free. I own the game already. And then the other side of the argument is, well, technically it's a different game because it's on a different system and it had to be developed differently because the systems are so different and, you know, there's a cost to that. So you having to buy it again covers that cost. So look, I see both sides of the argument, but everything we do doesn't have to be about capitalism. Sometimes you do things because they give you goodwill as a company or it's just the right thing to do. 
And right. my opinion is giving somebody a free upgrade once they bought the version is the right thing to do. Now, it might not be the right thing to do from a monetary perspective or a, a capitalism perspective. And, you know, I'm not a socialist and I'm not a communist. I'm just saying I think sometimes this is a nice thing to do to build goodwill because it, people will they'll reflect in the future. People will trust you as a developer more. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Here's a good example really quickly. So NBA 2K has said that they're not going to give you a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5 unless you buy the Mamba edition, which is 100 bucks. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to buy the PlayStation 4 edition and then turn around and buy the standard edition on the PlayStation 5. Right. That's, that's my choice. On the contrary, Codemasters has said that they're going to give you, for Dirt 5, a free upgrade from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5. I thought that was really cool, so I'm actually going to buy the $79.99 Amplified Edition for Dirt 4 on PS4, because guess what? It's going to carry over and give me the free upgrade on PlayStation 5, and I'm going to get all the free shit. Right. And they've, they're not going to make me turn around and buy it twice or pay $110 or $20 or whatever for this addition with all this stuff that I don't that I don't need and they're not they're they're giving me an option whereas 2K is not that's a personal choice so it's going to come down to that for everybody so yeah buying the more expensive version like in your case is almost like saying thanks for letting me have this free upgrade I'm going right. to put more money into your product and buy the more expensive version uh, for one, it's kind of like a thank you, but two, um, you know, I know it's going to help you out. Right, exactly. Travis, why don't you r- start to wrap us up here this week by telling us what games you're going to be playing this coming week or any races or anything that you have going on? Um, well, th- the Gran Turismo seasons are done, and part of that is because of the new the new PlayStation, PlayStation coming out and the new Gran Turismo coming out, so... Um, I don't know if I said that last week or not. So I'm kind of done with Gran Turismo. Mm. Look, I finished first a couple of seasons in the state. I finished second a lot more seasons in the state. And I haven't done much in the last, you know, five or six months with a move to the new house and stuff like that. So, you know, my time on Gran Turismo is over. It was nice to know you. You know, I'll shed a tear later tonight probably while I'm alone. (laughs) This week I will definitely do the the second race um, on F1. I'll definitely do Bahrain. Um, now that I actually have gotten over all the fun stuff of talking on the radio and pressing different buttons to see what they do, I should be able to um, <laughs> finish in the top 15, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and I'm sure we'll mix in um, some Fall Guys and Call of Duty when we kind of want to turn our brains off, which is funny that now I consider Call of Duty a almost turned my brain off game. <laughs> right. Uh, in right. a sense, it is. In a sense, it isn't. It's more like a comfort game. I would call it like, you know, meat and potatoes. But I am excited about the Avengers beta this weekend. So hopefully everybody will be on. I know mm. Jacob won't be ready till tomorrow. So hopefully tomorrow night will, and Sunday night we'll be able to, uh, you know, get some time in on those missions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Playing the Avengers beta this weekend with you guys. Hopefully getting the whole squad together, like you said, to play co-op missions. I'll continue to play Red Dead this week, just every day to get my challenges. Speaking of Red Dead, by the way. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest, or one of the things I really love the most about Red Dead recently is on Reddit, the thread. And I'm surprised this hasn't happened before, but maybe it has. People have been posting their real life guns of the guns in the game. <laughs> that just started today, I think. Yeah. I love it so much. It's so cool to see like how close the guns are. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's fascinating. My favorite one I saw was earlier today, right before we started. 
a guy, his character was doing the finger pistols and then he put up yes. the fingers. <laughs> I saw, yeah, that was hilarious. Was I think you one. sent that to me. That was good. The Navy revolver, I think I saw earlier. I know I saw the couple of shotguns and it's crazy how detailed mm. those guns are in that game. It's crazy how accurate they are. I know. It's awesome. I love it. So I'll play that per usual. Get my my daily challenges and... I'm sure we'll play some Fall Guys, mix in some COD here and there. And then my big goal this upcoming week is to finish Ghost of Tsushima and to get the Platinum there. I'll definitely have it done by the end of the month, which was my goal. So finish that off, finish that off, polish that off so I can be ready for Avengers since we're... I'm ready to see where you rank it. We'll, we'll talk about that definitely once I'm done with it. We'll, okay. we'll discuss our review of it, non-spoiler-ish. I didn't say this earlier, but... Big shout out to Sucker Punch for letting the game live on through multiplayer because I was I was very sad to see it go and I beat it. It was very Look bittersweet. You. Look at you. You're a real gamer now. Yeah. I got the platinum and I immediately felt empty inside. <laughs> it's just what I was afraid of. <laughs> right. Now you're just gonna have to sink you're gonna have to take that energy and you're gonna have to sink it into cyberpunk. Oh god. <laughs> well, Travis, we're done, man. That's all we've got for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and share us with a friend. Don't forget, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube if you prefer to listen on there. You can connect with us on Twitter and also on Good Pods and Podchaser. You guys take care, and we will talk at you next week.